Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, March 2nd. Hard to believe it is March. I am Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California, where we've had several dark and stormy nights, which we are not used to here in Southern California. Sheila Dolan, you're in South Pasadena, dark and stormy out there the last couple of nights? Oh, definitely, Liz, but we needed the rain in Cali. We definitely did. Yes. I I was thinking about all of our listeners who are in actual bad weather places like Minnesota and New York when I saw the headline in the LA Times yesterday that said, celebrities brave the storms. (laughs) (laughs) Going out in the rain here is considered brave. Uh, Julie Dolan, you are in Dallas, Texas. How's everything there? Yeah, we're having an ice storm here today, so no, so not so great. And I want to wish everyone a happy Mardi Gras coming up. Oh this yeah, so, you know, yeah. I was thinking of you guys, Julie. And let me bring in Monica Dolan. You're in Portland, Oregon. How are you? What's going on with you? Uh, well, I'm fine, Liz. I'm great because I'm here with you guys today. But I think um, if this is any, this is an indication of what my work, my life has been like. Yesterday, I was at the library, and they had new nonfiction titles and this book was called managing stress at work and let's just say it spoke to me <laughs> I checked it out, and it's going to help me renew my energy lighten my load and strike a better balance but I looked inside this book managing stress at work and I went to right to um chapter 12 a practical plan for when you feel overwhelmed uh-huh. and then there's chapter 13 desk yoga poses you won't be embarrassed to do even in an open environment (laughs) and i'm guessing from the tone in your voice you would be embarrassed to do it no matter what (laughs) i know i'll have to close the door but i'm just i'm going to spend the rest of the day reading this book so i'll be better prepared for next week okay well you do have a stressful job and i i monica you are in stroke research right you work at a big university hospital Mm -hmm. and you work with patients who've had strokes. I was at a thing this week that I'm going to tell you about later on where they were demoing some like new technology for people who've had strokes and it was totally amazing. Really? Yes. More more on that later. Um, But the biggest headline of the day and luckily for us we have a resident expert on all things Russian. The big headline of the day uh, all week has been what is going on in Ukraine. And Julie Dolan, you lived in Russia for five years. You have filled us in over the years on many things that have to do with that part of the world. So what is, I'm curious to know, and I know listeners have already emailed, like, what does Julie think about what's going on there? I know. Can you believe it? We're at the brink of war. So the Sochi Putin and the tearful bear, that is out. (laughs) Czar Putin and the tanks, that is in. But it's, you know, here it is Sunday, and we know the Russians have already seized the Crimean uh, Peninsula and that the Russian parliament has approved military action throughout the Ukraine in order to save the, you know, the Russian people. Uh, it's, it's just an amazing situation, but I have, I, I'm, you know, I, you say I'm the resident expert, not really, but I pretend to be one, right? I, I, I well, at least you've but, been there. You've, you've but, been in the region. We have visited you a couple of times, but you know, I'm not sure we absorbed that much. But, you know, I had dinner last night with my 30-something daughter-in-law and her sister. So both both Vera, my daughter-in-law, and her sister are ethnically Russian, okay? They are Russian, but they grew up in Kyrgyzstan, okay? My, my daughter-in-law is now an American citizen, and uh, my and her sister, Lena, is a grad student here in the United States. Um, so... 
Uh, but and I was asking them what they thought. And, you know, they're 30 something. So they grew up under the Soviet Union mm -hmm. and they were but they were young enough, smart enough, ambitious enough to be able to make the transition when the Soviet Union collapsed. And they were able to be part of the new economy, the, you know, the global economy. They're both, you know, highly successful women. And so it was interesting to hear their perspective on what's going on. And their overall uh, point of view was that they were completely disillusioned with the democracy movement, that in their own country of Kyrgyzstan, where they were born, they saw the democracy movement come in. And instead of a democratic leader come in, Really, what they did is they adopted the same old thing that the Soviet leaders did. They were, you know, filled with corruption and cronyism, and it really didn't make much of a difference in their day-to-day -day life. They saw that happen in Moscow because um, Vera worked in Moscow, and you know that's what Putin has brought in his own form of it's not really democratic rule. And they saw that in the Ukraine too. He said, you know, they said when they see the protesters in Kiev. They can't, it's, they don't really believe that these people want to put in democracy. In fact, they're, you know, they're just really disillusioned by, by all of the leaders that have come out of the former Soviet Union states in the last 25 years. That's so fascinating. We were talking about this a little bit last week because in the forum of Yulia Tymoshenko, right? She was right. the woman who had just been released from prison, who had like run Ukraine at one point and then ended up in jail, the famous one with the braids. And you were saying the same thing about her, that she's on stage sort of positioning, posturing herself as the leader of the democratic movement, but potentially just as corrupt as any other leader they've had in their history. Right. And so here, are, you know, these are these are the young people. These are the ones that are supposed to, you know, that that have, you know, the capability, the wherewithal, and they are completely disillusioned by what they've seen over the last, you know, quarter, you know, 25 years. Um, they're also, which, you know, something that we don't understand, like uh, Vera was saying, she was monitoring what was going on on Russian Facebook to see what the attitudes of Russians in like Moscow were saying about the uprising in um, the Ukraine. That for, you know, Putin has said that these are extremists, um, that these are fascists, um, that they are not part of some pro-Western, pro-EU democratic movement, that, you know, that these are really, you know, extreme people. And, uh, and that what Vera said, what was interesting is that's, you know, they do votes and polls on Facebook, as you know, and that many young Russians felt the same way, that the Ukrainians that were demonstrating in Kiev were, you know, were really fascists, that, the, you know, they have a tradition, a history of groups like that in the western part of, of Ukraine, and that's really their point of view, which is so different than what we're hearing in the right, U.S., right. that this, the, you know, these are, you know, they're fighting for democracy and for the EU and for the West, and, you know... The but United it's also States. not like Vera and Lena are saying they have a problem with democracy. No, what no, they're no, saying no. is these people that are allegedly Democrats... Or dem a democratic movement are not, right? right? And part of Putin's rationale now for seizing the Crimean Peninsula this weekend was that he's protecting ethnic Russians who are right. there in right. that part of Ukraine, and which is what, even though they're from Kyrgyzstan, also um, Vera that and Lena are ethnic Russians too. Right, because Stalin, you know, had, 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 you know, uh, I, and I've told this story on Satellite Sisters before. Stalin had, you know, Vera's family had, they had been exiled to Kyrgyzstan because they had connections to, um, to Germany. And so that's how her family ended up in Kyrgyzstan to begin with. But it's just, it's just so interesting. Interesting. It's a very, very complicated situation. It's explosive. There are so many EU countries that border the Ukraine. I mean, look at where it is. And, and the idea that, you know, uh, you know, that it's going to be able to be divided up between the West and the East. I don't, I, you know, that doesn't seem 
likely. So you know, it, Julie, when you say look at where it is, that's so fascinating because that's what I was doing yesterday and today. So maybe it's just because I work for National Geographic that believing in maps and the power of maps is, way to go, Liz. is part of my thing. But honestly, I know it's super complicated politically and historically and all of that. For But for people who really want to understand why it's so complicated – Looking at a map really tells you quite a bit. So I'm looking at a map now. So we have Ukraine, the borders of Ukraine, Russia, obviously, to the east, Belarus, Poland, Romania, Moldova, and so very complicated part of the world right there. But then I was amazed when I saw how close Sochi is to the Crimean Peninsula. Obviously, they're all on the Black Sea, but the, the fact that history can happen so quickly shocked me that last week we were all, yeah, with the tearful bear in Sochi, and this week we're just up the Black Sea a little bit, and there's an invasion and a potential war happening. It's really kind of shocking when you see them so close to each yeah. other on the map. It's No, it, you're right, Liz. It is, uh, it is an amazing turn of events. I mean, it's not probably shocking to Putin because he has right. always said that, you know, the collapse of the Soviet Union was, you know, the single greatest, no, the most terrible thing of the, you know, 20th century. But, but you know, it is, it is a very volatile situation and the United States doesn't have very many good options. So it may be like what happened in Georgia in 2008, where the Russian troops came in to protect the Russian citizens and they're still there. And my daughter-in-law, Vera, was in Russia, in Georgia, during that invasion. I remember uh, when that happened. Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. And just for a little bit of economic perspective on this, and then we can move on to more of our normal material. But this is fascinating. Also, when you look at these maps and you think you sort of overlay, like, who needs what from whom in this part of the world – 80% of Russian gas exports, obviously Russia is a land of oil and gas, 80% of their exports to Europe go through Ukraine. So if there's any kind of cutoff there, which has been threatened in the past, right, that would have devastating economic impact because Europe depends on Russia for 40% of their imported fuel. So even if you just look at that piece of it, taking out all of the history and all of the, how do we keep all of these economies running and what does that really mean? It is fascinating and really scary, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, and it's, uh, it's a very volatile situation, um, uh, economically, ethnically, you know, and, you know, for other, for the people of Ukraine that, you know, probably just want to live in, and work in a safe, secure place, it's, it's really, uh, it's tough. And, you know, on Satellite Sisters, we in the past have made our fair share of Putin jokes. Um, but <laughs> really, the, the bare-chested macho Vladimir Putin, yes. you know, is a recurring character on our show. But you've always made the point that this is a super dangerous guy. Yes, yes, exactly, Liz, exactly. (sighs) Okay, well, we got that out of our system. So I think we need to switch to something much, much closer to home and really um, potentially just as dramatic happening today in uh, Los Angeles, well, Hollywood, California, entertaining Sheila. I, I assume you have a red carpet laid out in your apartment in Pasadena just so that you can cover entertaining Sheila's Oscar picks. So, well, well, Liz, you know, I have to qualify my entire report because I think you, I'm more like educating Sheila than entertaining Sheila today because for the 20th year in, the row, in a row, I will be writing report cards this weekend. Um, so, and, and I, I just want to say, it's not that I don't enjoy having cable. It's just that Time Warner Cable does not like me as a paying customer. So though I will not be sitting down actually watching the awards, I do have my predictions and I want to go ahead with them. And I'm just going to make a few more qualifications because really <laughs> that's what it's all about. Number one, right. number one, I did not see 12 years as a slave. Um, 12 years a slave. As a, 12 years a slave. So, you didn't um, see either of those movies. That's good, too. I did not. And uh, I did see Steve McQueen's first movie, the movie Shame. Um, I actually sat through that twice. 
And I feel that though the subject matter is completely different, I have gone down to the depths of human despair with Steve McQueen before. Um, so I did not see 12 Years a Slave. That being said, another qualification here, I believe the star, the female star, lovely Lupita, should win every award she's nominated for because she was my daughter's classmate at college. Was she really? Yes. I that she went to Hampshire College, Sheila. So that's great. That is okay. so cool. All right, so that's very cool. Um, another qualification, Julie, I think you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do sound a bit irritated today, uh, that's because, again, I'm writing my report cards. Uh-huh. And when I read that Jennifer Lawrence will be wearing $4 million of Neil Lane, you know, uh, jewelry, vintage jewelry um Uh and i'm on report card number 16 with still eight to go (laughs) Uh, it gets me down in the dumps julie you get a little bitter sheila i am bitter it all turned out this way yeah all right so i'm i'm just going to go down my picks i'm not going to read all the choices we don't have time for that this is in under the wire as it is Uh um so let's just start with best picture yeah and i believe best picture should go to the movie her now, whether or not it will win, it doesn't really matter. It just, I just feel like my life right now, I, I feel like that's an important movie because my most intimate relationship, the, the relationship with which I get unconditional love is with, with my phone. So I. <laughs> I actually thought you were going to say your vacuum cleaner. <laughs> no, it is. It is gone to my phone. Um, so uh, that movie should win best picture. Okay. Uh, Best actor, best actor, let's just keep moving. Matthew McConaughey in Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, For a million reasons, not the least of which he's the dad of, what, three kids now? Uh And he has made a complete turnaround. And that, to me, was the number one film of the year in terms of emotional import, as it were. Of the Um, ones that you saw. Yes, of the ones that I saw. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Best actress in a leading role. I did not see any of those movies. So, so you're well qualified to answer this. Okay, go ahead, Sheila. Let's, let's give it to Dame Judy Dench because she will fight you on that. I mean, okay. Uh, best actor in a supported supporting role. Jared Leto. 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 Hands down. He will be donning the long hair tonight. He was incredible in that movie. Again, don't have time for commentary. We're just going to keep moving. <laughs> Can I just, I'll just make one comment on that. Last night I watched the Independent Spirit Awards on IFC. Remember, do you remember? I was thinking of Sheila and Monica, the year you two covered the Spirit Awards, Ooh. right? You were on the red carpet <laughs> for Satellite Sisters at the Spirit Awards. That was a highlight of the whole Satellite Sisters history, wasn't it? Oh, Monica, are you back on with us? Yes, yes, I'm here. Yeah, remember we met Dwight Yoakam? Oh, that blue carpet experience. I yelled at Dwight Yoakam. I told him to look at my cowboy boots. Did I not, Monica? And he came over and touched them. Yeah, I said, Dwight. It was a hard-hitting interview. I yelled, Dwight, how do you like my boots? Well, if you watch the replay of last night's Spirit Awards on the uh, on IFC channel, Sheila, you will see that Jared Leto, who won Best Supporting Actor, among the people he thanks is what he called his future ex-wife, Lupita. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Good. Good. Well, everybody's in love with Lupita. Let's keep moving. Best Actress in a Supporting Role. I guess it goes to Lupita again. She can win twice, Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Okay, that's good. Um, best Animated Feature. Well, I took a poll of my class. While, third graders. While I was teaching and writing report cards and feeling down in the dump. And they liked the movie Frozen. So let's yes. get it Frozen. That okay. was a wonderful movie, Sheila. You might like it. Maybe you should go see that. Uh, to pick me up? <laughs> yes. Okay, Julie. Um, let's go to Best Cinematography. Uh, definitely Inside Lewin Davis. Has anyone seen the movie? Yes, yes. Monica and I saw nice that. Shot. Yeah, oh. I enjoyed that movie. 
Okay, so the lighting and everything was great, right? <laughs> That's what Monica and I said after that movie. That was fantastic lighting. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> and, and also best cat cameo. So that had a lot going for it. Okay, number eight, best costume design. Did not see any of those movies. Let's keep moving. <laughs> this, these are quite the predictions, Sheila. Best director. I'm going out on a limb. I'm giving it to Alexander Payne uh, for Nebraska. Because did I you feel see that movie? I did see that movie. Yeah. And I enjoyed that movie. It was a quiet, you know, understated movie, which I really appreciated. Um, and I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to Alexander Payne. Any comments? Anyone want to keep moving? I'm... Well, I, you know, for, for best director, for me, I mean, I loved the movie Gravity. Did you see Gravity, Sheila? No, I did no, not. No, you did not. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, when it wins best director, then you'll have a reason to go see it, I guess. But Alfonso Cuaron, that was an amazing movie, as was 12 Years a Slave, Steve McQueen. So I liked Nebraska. But mm, didn't it didn't rise to the level for me of those other two directors or movies I just mentioned. Monica, I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I I'm going to go with Gravity for best director mm-hmm. because that was a lot of work mm-hmm. working in space. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably very stressful for him too, Monica. <laughs> it's a lot easier to go to Nebraska. <laughs> yes, shooting a movie in zero gravity. Wow, <laughs> Julie, did you see Gravity? Yes, and I just thought it was the most original, unusual movie experience in 3D. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Sheila, I'm afraid you might be nauseated by it, but um, you should give it a whirl. Right. Well, I already have trifocals, so I don't think I need any more lenses um, (laughs) to confuse me. All right, Liz, I think we'll agree on the next category. Best documentary feature, Mm -hmm. 20 Feet from Stardom, Liz. Yes, yes. I mean... Let's give it to that film because that movie was amazing. I can't think of anyone who would not enjoy that movie. Really. It was that good and that fun and but really like interesting and smart. I'm totally with you there, Sheila. Okay, best documentary short, uh, who cares, right? <laughs> who cares, really? Right. <laughs> but best film editing. Now this is an interesting category and because I only saw one film in this category, I'm giving it to Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> Solid decision, Sheila. Fine. Okay, best foreign language film. Again, did not see. Does anyone care? Are they partial to Belgium, Italy, Denmark, Cambodia, or Palestine? Can I someone speak up? <laughs> I would go with the Cambodian film, Sheila. Okay, the missing picture. Let's give it to them this year, Julie. All right. Best makeup and hairstyling, of course, Dallas Buyers Club. Club. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Wait a minute, Sheila. American Hustle had some awesome makeup and hairstyling. As you recall, Tina Fey at the Golden Globes said the alternate title was Explosion in a Wig Factory. And (laughs) that's what that movie looked like. Well, Hilarious hair in that movie. I don't see them listed on the official uh, sheet, Liz. They're not even nominated? No, I have three films and two. I, I, uh, uh, Jackass Presents, Bad Grandpa. Uh, I'm sorry, The Lone Ranger. Not really sure what that is either. Wow, okay. So let's Where get did it. you get your ballot, Sheila? That was a war movie. No, I'm going to back Sheila up on this because I have a ballot in front of me too. Thank uh, you, Monica. Uh, how could American Hustle not? Okay, all right. Makeup and hairstyling did not make it on the list. The list, maybe you can rewrite the nominees. <laughs> Okay. We still still have a couple of hours. (laughs) Best original score, who really cares, right? And original song, let's keep moving. Frozen, that song from Frozen. Oh, Frozen? Okay, let's give it to Frozen. Wait a minute, how about the Pharrell song from Despicable Happy? I'm going for that. Okay, well, girls, you can duke it out. um, You don't care. Despicable Me Too was this year. I feel like I've shown that to my students so many times. <laughs> I've got some real what's the, what's the educational value in that? <laughs> okay, best was production that unit on on like Europe. Is that what you showed them? 
We are in Europe now, Julie. And do not do not make fun of oh. my curriculum. Okay, best production design. Um, let's give it to her. Let's give it to her. That was a movie that was greatly produced. Wouldn't you say, Monica? Did you see it? I didn't see it. Okay, <laughs> movie about a phone, Sheila. How can no, I have great production? I just saw it last night, Sheila, and I'm going to back you up on that. Julie, I know you told us not to see it, but I did. Right. And it looks amazing. It looks incredible. It looks incredible. It really does. And I even was paying attention to the credits at the end because parts of it were clearly Los Angeles. Parts of it were clearly CGI, but parts of it were somewhere else. And I noticed in the credits at the very end that they shot some of it in Shanghai, China. Oh, it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. Okay. Thank you, Liz. Best animated short. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Best live action once again. Let's keep scrolling down. Best sound editing. Uh I'm going to keep moving. <laughs> Best <laughs> Best sound mixing inside Lewin Davis. Let's go Just for that. Just because they're singing? Yeah. Yes. Sure. <laughs> I thought that involved a lot of mixing. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm going to give best visual effects to a movie I didn't see. Let's give it to Gravity. Yes, you have to. I mean, you've seen the poster, haven't you? Yeah, I think the poster in and of itself deserves an award. Okay, now here are my two favorite categories, best adapted screenplay and Mm -hmm. best original screenplay. Now, I'm putting all my weight behind, and it's increasing as the days go on, with with, with some um, pre- Report card bloating. Um, best adapted screenplay, please, goes to Before Midnight. I know. Please. Yeah. Richard Linkletter, Julie Delpy, and Ethan Hawke wrote the final in the trilogy together. It is so sad, so touching, so human. I really hope they win. I, I do, too, because it's the only award they're nominated for. And that was one of my favorite movies last year. Thank you, Monica. Liz, did you see it? Can, can, yes. Can I ask a technical question here? Why is that an adapted screenplay? Wasn't that an original screenplay? Liz, Okay, sorry. I don't mean moving. to. I keep moving. That you know, is, I just thought that's not, like, because 12 Years a Slave is an adapted screenplay, right, from the original memoir. Um, and so I would vote for that because it was an amazing transition to a movie. But I also, I love all three of those before midnight, after midnight, before sunrise, like lunchtime movies. I, <laughs> every single one of them was great. And the third one was just as good as the first two. So I agree with you on that, Sheila. That's a beautiful movie. Now in that category, by the way, is the Wolf of Wall Street, uh, 12 Years a Slave, of course, Captain Phillips. Yes, uh, that's a good movie, Sheila. I... <laughs> and Philomena, yes. Philomena, where, where Judy Dench is going to clean up in that movie. I didn't see it, but she deserves <laughs> to win. Uh, but let's still go give it to Before Midnight. That's Best Adapted Screenplay. Okay. And the final award for today, Best Original Screenplay. Please, again, all of my weight, my swollen ankles... Um, <laughs> I'm wearing my pajamas as we speak, writing report cards, goes to Dallas Buyers Club. Please. That movie was so beautiful. It was so human and so incredible. It deserves to win Best Original Screenplay. Sisters? Okay. What else is in that category? Okay. American Hustle Liz. Yeah, no. Blue Jasmine. Oh, that's the Woodman. Nope. Nope. Her by Spike Jones. Okay, pretty good screenplay, I'd say. And Nebraska. Uh, okay, well, that guy, I heard that guy on the radio, the original, the guy that originally wrote the screenplay, he wrote it like 10 years ago or something. It's an amazing story. He's a first-time screenwriter, but somehow he wrote that, and then it got into development, and it took this long to get to the screen, if you can believe it. So, uh, okay. you know. 
Well, I have his name, Bob Nelson. That's Would you right. like to do a shout out to Bob right now, Liz? Yes, Bob. Bob, I enjoyed your movie. I enjoyed your screenplay. And spoiler alert, Bob did win in this category last night at the Independent Spirit Awards. And, okay. and gave a hilarious speech. Uh oh. So, um, just. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh oh. What row? Well, a lot of times the Independent Spirit Awards, as we know, Monica, we didn't actually get into the Independent Spirit Awards. Because we but, were standing outside and outside of the tent. We weren't allowed in. But but a lot of times the people who win at Independent Spirit Awards will win the Oscar tonight. Uh, so or last night or whatever night. This is going to air. <laughs> or if you're listening to this in 2017, this is all water under the bridge. <laughs> so there you go. Those are my Oscar picks for tonight. And Jennifer Lawrence, good luck with the earrings. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Good luck with those $4 million baubles. So, so Monica, are, are you watching tonight? I know you're on call today, aren't you? Or I am. I know. I just got called and it was... A mystery phone number. Oh. Hmm. Just ignore it. (laughs) Just sort of a random phone number. Sheila, that is why you you don't have Monica's job. Because (laughs) trying to call it. Because Monica wouldn't just ignore uh, a random phone number. (laughs) Okay, Julie, you got me there. Okay. Okay. The phone call usually means someone is having a stroke, right? Right, right. I guess they'll call me back if they need me. (laughs) Not if they're in the on the floor. I mean, no, it, it, you okay. know, be a doctor. Anyway, oh, okay, all right. Okay, well, okay. you were going to give us a red carpet workout. Is this something you still have time for? Yes, yes, I have time. I, I mean, I, I think you guys remember that a couple of weeks ago, uh, Shana, who is the fitness expert at Fit Week, she sent Leon. Well, it was a press release, but Leon uh, disseminated the information about her fabulous. Olympic couch workout. And Julie, you remember. So this is you're sitting on the couch watching the Olympics and you can practice your mogul skiing. There was bobsledding on the couch. Uh, she recommended putting wax paper on your shoes and practicing your skating in the living room. Speed skating. Yeah, that was a really good <laughs> tally. Speed skating. Well, Shana has done it again. She is here with her Oscars red carpet workout. I mean, she's not here. I'm just going to tell you about him. So she <laughs> she has a whole workout that we can do tonight when we're watching the red carpet and watching the Oscars. So we're not just sitting there doing nothing. So number one is um, if you like the dress, the actress is wearing. So you like the dress, the actress is wearing, you do 10 straight leg kicks alternating between right and left legs. So just start kicking it, ladies. You see a dress you like. And she said, go ahead and add some jazz hands or spirit fingers for some flair. I bet. Okay. Okay. Tip number two. If you don't like the dress the actress is wearing, stand up and do 10 crossbody jabs. Alternate. (laughs) Left arm. Because that dress should get pummeled. And only. So pummel the dress, ladies. Pummel the dress. Okay. Stand up and do that. Now, whenever they ask on the red carpet, what are you wearing? You're supposed to stand up, get off the couch. And do 10 squats. Okay. Can I just say something about that? Anyone who has ever watched one of these shows knows they do not ask, what are you wearing? They ask, who are you wearing? Okay, Liz. All right, Liz. Stand corrected. So no squats for you, Liz. (laughs) That's right. That's what I was thinking, Julie. Like, we are not going to have to do those squats because no red carpet reporter worth their salt would say, what are you wearing? Okay, Liz, I stand corrected. Shannon oh. oh. did say. Oh, I'm sorry. I was attempting to blame Shanna, not you. I apologize. No, Liz, you can just, I'm just going to shout at the TV. My my sweatpants and my bathrobe. I'll just, I'll just do that. Who are you wearing, Target? <laughs> and then you might want to stand up and do the crossbody jab. Sheila. I'll do the jab the whole night. If so, I have to, Jennifer Lawrence. Okay, keep going. Okay, so moving on. Oscar couch, Oscar watching couch fitness tips. 
when they use the Manicam, which you know they do on the e-network, you're supposed to grab water bottles or hand weights and do 12 reps of bicep curls, okay? okay. So work in the manis. Mm-hmm. And then you've seen it on the e-network when they do the 360 cam. You're supposed to stand up and do 10 leg circles on each side. <laughs> you are going to knock down some furniture. That's for and sure. Shana says, feel free to wear heels during this workout, any part of the workout. Oh, that sounds dangerous. That, can, dangerous. that can't possibly yeah. be good for you. That's it. Your red carpet workout. Okay. Thank you. Well, we'll, we'll have to get out our Jimmy Choo's for that or our... <laughs> You know, <laughs> slippers, more likely, will be the footwear of choice at my home. Or Uggs. Well, Sheila, I was really thinking of you because it doesn't sound like you're going to be watching the telecast at all because you have some connectivity issues going on at your place today. Is that correct? Yes, and I have eight uh, report cards to still to, 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 to turn in tomorrow morning, Julie. And well, that, Sheila, the children of America are my priority. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I know that, Sheila. I know what a committed educator you are. But I just thought that I might be able to lure you into a movie that I, I can't really disc- say why I went to see it. But oh. I did. Okay, Sheila, That first of all, it's a movie um, that's on a plane. And I, I know you don't like movies on planes, right? Um, and uh, you don't like watching, you don't like being on planes, and you don't certainly don't like watching movies about plane trips. Uh, and you don't like turbulence too much, do you? Not no. particularly, Julie, no. but keep okay. going. Keep okay. going. Action movies. Uh, did you see any action movies this year? I do enjoy a good action movie. I, oh. do, I, I do. Every once in a while, I like to kick it, you know, with the Jodie Foster <laughs> kind of action movie, okay. that kind of thing. Okay, okay. Or violence. I know you really don't like um, a lot of violence in your movies, and you really do like to hold the line and have a movie that has some kind of script, right? Oh, yes, Julie, okay, definitely. Okay, okay. Well, this movie, has, well I'm, I, I, this movie is called Nonstop. Then it's about an air marshal that has to spring into action uh, during a train. A transatlantic flight, okay, okay. after right. recover, recovering a text message that um, that one of the fellow passengers is going to do something terrible on the plane. Now, normally you would, I could not lure you into this movie, but I have two words. The star of this movie is Liam Neeson. Okay. Oh, Julie, you just, okay. yep, you lured me in. Okay, that's so he, he is... That's- Yes, Julie, yes. Okay, but it goes gets better. Every gets crazy better. action movie he's been in. He's okay. fantastic. He is a raging bull, Sheila. He is moving <laughs> up and down the aisles in this movie from first class to business class oh, to economy. <laughs> back and forth. He's in the lab. He's out of the lab. He's everywhere, okay, on this plane. So, and I'm telling you, he carries this movie on the back of that rippled, <laughs> muscular body. I, Irish torso. Yes, Julie. Yes. Good. That is a good recommendation. I'm okay. totally seeing that when report cards are done. Okay, okay. But, oh, but it gets better because the other star in this, again, worth the price of this movie, Monica and Liz, I want you to catch this now, is Michelle Dougherty. You know her as Lady Mary Grantham of oh. Downton Abbey. She is flight attendant Nancy, and she is wearing a bad peplum um, (laughs) flight attendant outfit, and she is serving gin and tonics and some tea, and she has a lowbrow English accent in this movie. Really? Yes. Okay. It's not. It's not Lady Mary acts English accent. It's more like um, I don't know. She's got like a Cockney accent going as she's serving tea. You know, kind of like a Mrs. Patmore accent. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It is It is closer to Mrs. Patmore. Thank you, Monica. So she's she is in the movie, uh, again, in a starring role. Okay. Um, the other movie, Sheila, the other person that's in this movie, and again, I know you're going to want to go see it, is your gal, Lupito. Is oh, in this oh movie. great. Lupita, Lupito, whatever. I don't know how do you say her last name. Lupita Nyong'o. Okay. She's in the movie, too. She's wearing one of these ill-fitting. Oh, wow. 
peplum uh, stewardess outfits. Okay, she seems she seems very confused by what's going on. The action, the raging bull, Liam Neeson, but she's she has a little starring role in this as well. So mm. I know you want to catch that. And then just as a topper, who doesn't love Julianne Moore? She's in this movie <laughs> oh, too. Really? Wow. She's my role model. Wow. A lot of people are slumming it in this movie. (laughs) And she plays this totally quirky character with no past and no future. Oh. Who drinks a lot on the plane. So I know you're going to enjoy that, Sheila. I mean, Liam Neeson. You had me at Liam Neeson. (laughs) You you had me at Liam. Okay, George. (laughs) There you go. Thank you. What is it called again? Non-stop. Oh, yes. Non-stop. Okay. Now, please, you'll never see this on a plane because... Because it's about this, a bad things happening on a plane. It's about, it's about bad things happening on a mm-hmm. plane. Mm-hmm. So you'll actually have to go to a movie theater or download it somehow. But it's it's enjoyable in the most implausible way. <laughs> I mean, Julie, like, thank I, you. I think the whole air marshal angle is an interesting one. You know, it's just like, are they still on the planes? You don't hear much talk of air marshals anymore. But sometimes I look around and wonder, like, are you here? Who are, like? And I try to pick out who it might be. But I, I've never seen anyone that looks even vaguely like Liam Neeson on, yeah. any, on any of my flights. Yeah. So uh, I would feel like I was in safe hands if Liam was uh, was on the case. Mm, definitely. Uh, okay. Wow. That's a lot of movie talk here. That's good. The, uh, this is the weekend for that. I want to switch gears a second. Um, and this is a, I don't know, this is a segment I will just call Larry's lowest moment. Okay. No, no, not, not Larry King, Liz. Larry King, Julie. I know it's hard to believe Larry King is back in my life. Uh, because goodness knows I've tried to expunge him uh, from it. But I actually had an encounter with Larry King on Thursday that I just uh, that I just have to speak out about. So here's here's the thing. It was I was invited by a friend to a summit of sorts. Let's just call it that because you know how I like summiteering. Liz is always summiteering. Good you know work. how I like summiteering. So this particular summit of sorts was right here in LA in downtown LA. It was you know the organization YPO Young Presidents Organization. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they have an annual global conference. It was called Global Edge, and it took place at uh, Nokia Theater downtown for a couple of days this week. And a friend of mine invited me to go because he is friends with one of the main speakers, was one of the main speakers Thursday morning. And this is where you're involved, Monica. Are you still there? I guess Monica had to go to work. Okay, so so the the main speaker that I was there to see is a doctor inventor named Patrick Soon Shang. Now, um, for people in the family, you may recognize that name because it is the name on the building at St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica, where both our mother and our father were treated during their various illnesses. I don't know if you remember that, but they were finishing the whole new pavilion, and that was the name that was on it. Anyway, he's this amazing inventor who, um, you know, he's uh, inventing things in the healthcare field. And um, the I was looking at his bio before the presentation the other day, and his goal is to, quote, to map the molecular life of all mankind in the service of better health for each individual. Um, my goodness. Yeah, so that's big. Now my Skype is ringing. Could that be Monica calling back? It could be. It could be. Just go Monica, ahead. And- I don't know how to answer it. Monica. The- <laughs> I'm adding her. Monica? Live radio. <laughs> I don't know what? if that was. I can't <laughs> tell what that was. Anyway, so so Patrick was, um, uh, he's invented a lot of things, nanotechnology Hello? and cancer. Do- oh, Monica, I thought Hi. maybe that was. <laughs> good, because Liz, this is the part of the podcast Monica, uh, Liz wanted you to hear. So yes. good thing you're back. Okay. There was, there was, I heard a loud boom and the electricity kind of dipped and the call went. <laughs> oh, Ooh. but you're Okay. okay. 
You're back. <laughs> you haven't blown up or anything like that. My, oh, we just lost her again. Oh, okay. Now she's, I'm not sure what's happening here now. Oh, dear. I hope she's okay. Monica? Now I can hear her on my phone, but not on my computer. Okay, mm. Monica, I'm hanging up on you. You have to call call me back. That's weird. Hang on. Let's just let her dial back in. And um, I may or may not edit this out. So if you're listening to this, this is the way it goes for us. This is like, this is behind the scenes at Satellite Sisters. Um, let's see if Monica, I will try calling her. Let's see. Add people. Monica Dolan. Let's see if we get an answer here. Monica? Hello? Okay, yes. you're back. Okay. Can you, okay. You, We're, you're you not go. hurt or anything. Okay. No. Well, the, you, do you have electricity in your home? I do. Okay. All right. So, um, so. <laughs> is your refrigerator running? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, this is a Skype phony phone call. Uh, anyway, so, so Monica, I was saying, I was at this conference downtown this week, and one of the speakers was Patrick Soon Shang who is a big inventor of all kinds of cancer drugs and nanotechnology to treat various people for various things. But he is also, um, besides being the richest man in Los Angeles, as a result of inventing all these things. If you remember when dad and then mom were at St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica, that's the name on the hospital now is, Mm. um, that's his name. So he, um, anyway, so he was doing this amazing demo of different kinds of things that he is working on now for patients with different kinds of issues. One was what he called an empathetic robot, which is for stroke victims. Mm. And so it's a robot that helps basically do your physical therapy after you've had a stroke. It instructs you. But it is actually programmed with empathy because he was saying, and you can probably confirm this, that stroke um, victims, a lot of their problem is kind of loneliness, that it's so isolating and so lonely to not be able to speak or do what you're used to doing that, and they're just all by themselves most of the day, that part of the reason they don't get rehabilitated is because the loneliness just so saps them. And It's true, Liz. Depression is a big part of it, can be a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting to me or to me to hear a scientist talk about treating loneliness, right? I'd never really thought about that before. But then he did this demo. It was on video of this robot working with a woman who had had a stroke and being able to not only sense what she was physically doing, like how high her arm was getting up and all of that, uh, lifting the weights, but also how she was feeling and when she was discouraged. The, the robot had the ability to sense those things about her, which was pretty wow. uh, pretty unbelievable to see. Mm-hmm. And then he had another thing where um, it's an app for your iPhone. It's what he calls machine vision. And it's a way for blind people, your phone can actually see for you. So they had a demo of a blind woman standing in the pantry at home. And as she scanned the phone along the shelves, the phone was saying Quaker oats, ketchup, Campbell soup. So she would know where to reach, like what things were in what order in her pantry. It was kind of mind-blowingly simple and amazing. Um, So that was very cool. And then another thing that he um, showed, he's invented a – not only has he invented a $300 hearing aid, and the average fancy hearing aid now is Mm $4,000, but he said he had done all this testing, and most deaf people, particularly in the developing world, people who are diagnosed as deaf – aren't really deaf, they're hearing impaired, and a hearing aid would actually just make them hearing, you know, and so he invented this $300 hearing aid, and he announced at the conference that he's, he's giving away a million of them, by the way. So, oh, wow. Now, did you, did you happen to notice if the good doctor was wearing a wedding ring? (laughs) (laughs) Sheila, as a matter of fact, I did happen to notice that, and I met his wife, Michelle. Oh, (laughs) okay. And she was lovely. Lovely. All right, Michelle. All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm sorry to disappoint you on that score. I know you don't care about saving humanity in this kind of situation, <laughs> but, um, okay. So here you have like super fascinating guy, uh, many, many interesting things to talk, talk to him about. Sadly, sadly, he's paired up with interviewer Larry King. Oh, oh no. Okay. So oh, that's, that's, that's just breaking my heart. Um, he spoke on his own for a while, which was fine, but then like Larry King got involved and I just, um, I just lost hope at that point. So now we have the, because there was, a, uh, like all these different speakers in the morning, then Larry did a panel. Okay. Larry King interviewing these three people at once. Just imagine this. Larry King, seat number one, seat number two, James Cameron. Oh, seat no. number three. Patrick Soon Shang, who I was just telling you about. Seat number four, the Dalai Lama. <laughs> what? You I know. Be kidding me. I know. In all of Los Angeles, there's nobody I that can do a better job. job. You should have been up there. On <laughs> Anyone. Sheila, really, Sheila, one of your third graders could do a better job talking to people than, I, I know I just have a thing about Larry. But what I, did he say? What did he ask? Okay, this was it. I just want to, I just have one thing to say about what he's, well, like his first move, Julie, and then I'm not going to complain anymore about the day or the moment. But here's uh-huh. what he did. That's why I'm branding this segment Larry's lowest moment. So, of course, there's your lineup. Um, naturally, he starts with, the Dalai Lama, as oh, you would. Oh, and he, so he asked the Dalai Lama, like a fairly, you know, run of the mill question about um, science and technology versus God and religion and spirituality. And like, what's the deal? Like, what's, what's the deal with that? And how do you feel about that? And the Dalai Lama um, answers the question. And, you know, his English is not great, but he does speak English. Uh, but he has a translator sitting next to him just for the rest of the conversations. But, you know, the Dalai Lama gives, you know, a thoughtful and interesting answer in English. And then Larry looks at the translator and says, could you please translate that for us? Oh, Liz. Okay. And the translator's like, excuse me? Larry Larry needs the translator. Larry needs to listen. He does. He needs three hundred dollar hearing aid and some empathy. Get a robot. Yes, an empathetic robot would have done a better job interviewing (laughs) these people. Than Larry King. Okay, so but he's totally not getting it, right? So so then the the translator says, "Excuse me," and he said, "You're the translator, right?" (laughs) And um. And he said, yes. He said, well, could you please translate what the Dalai Lama just said? And now everyone on stage is just excruciatingly embarrassed. Right? Horrified. Horrified. It is so clear that Larry was not paying attention to the answer at all and did not realize the answer had been given in English. And so it became so excruciating that even James Cameron, who, you know, is like a complete jerk, even he jumped into the breach here and said, um, I, th- I think we're just having some speaker problems up here. So then you have, you have like James Cameron and Patrick Soon Chong trying to diagnose this as an audio problem. <laughs> and you know what? And I'm like, I happen to be in the first row. So I'm cl- up close and personal with this. I'm like, this is not an audio problem. This is a doofus problem. <laughs> this is, you have a doofus and the Dalai Lama. Oh, trying to talk to each other. <laughs> no. This is absolutely positively not going to work. So anyway, I'm just going to, that, that's it. That's all I need to say about this. I, you know, uh, I've tried to let Larry just recede from my life entirely. He's the one that keeps coming back in. And, uh, and I wouldn't speak out against it unless he was doing things like this, which I think was, come on, you got to admit, that could possibly be Larry's lowest moment. I, I agree, Liz. I totally agree. I don't know how you stayed in your seat, Liz. I don't know how just you saw the need for uh, for some an intelligent interviewer. You were there. You could have done it. Okay, so uh, that's Larry's lowest moment. 
what else did we have here? Oh, there was one other um, thing I wanted to mention. From, thank you for everybody everybody on our uh, Facebook group. There's lots of good discussions going going on there all the time. If you want to join that, that's easy. Just go to Facebook and type in Satellite Sisters. Our group comes up, and uh, you do have to be approved for, for membership, but I'm the one that does that. And so here's my rule. I will approve anyone that actually has some friends. Right. If you are actually, like, if you are a real, <laughs> or Larry King, Larry yes. King's not getting in. Right? But if you are a real Facebook person, I just automatically approve you. The people we have been, you may have noticed in the past, there have been a couple of like bots that somehow worked their way into our membership group, and then we're getting like spams about spam about sexual aids and uh, other kinds of ads and things. And I've learned now to, to really check into each person's profile to see if they have actual comments listed on their page and just to, to certify in my own empathetic robot kind of way that you are a real person. So, <laughs> uh, so everyone's in. And uh, there was a posting this week about the sleep whisperers on um, – uh, Cindy on ABC News posted about this. So Cindy wanted to know if we had seen these sleep whispers and maybe we could try whispering our show a little bit mm-hmm. and people would find it even more fun and relaxing. So I want to ask you guys, have you heard of these sleep whispers? Sheila, you said you were familiar. I am familiar with those videos. I am. So I've done. Uh, well, I've done some research into, you know, my work with children leads me down many paths Mm -hmm. and there there are there's actual research into children with special needs i guess people adults with special needs who need um these videos to sort of calm them down uh and uh to to calm them down and it started a long time ago when they first um started the uh, home shopping network and people were noticing that the women who at, who did all the jewelry and would show all of the clothes in a certain very quiet, methodical way, that there was a whole population of people that actually uh, enjoyed that and they it would give them what what's referred to in the, in the uh, community as tingles. Oh. oh, as tingles. So in they the, in the ABC news piece they referred to it as autonomous sensory meridian responders. That's just a fancy way of saying tingles. I guess. Yes, that's a fancy yeah. way of saying tingles, Liz. And I don't know if any have you guys ever gotten the tingles from the um, Home Shopping Network? Have you ever tried that? Because I've only gotten broke. I mean, that's that's the only. <laughs> Julie and I get Julie and I get the tingles from that net too cute network, right, Julie? Yes. Where yeah. they what have is- just where we it it calms us down. Where they just show litters of puppies mm-hmm. and they show the litter of puppy growing up. It's called too cute, and too I cute. get the tingles from watching that. Yes, it's very relaxing and very enjoyable. So Sheila, these these whispering videos. You watch them and they make you fall asleep. That was sort of the premise of this uh, ABC story. So some people fall asleep. Some people get stimulated by them. Uh, different different people get have different reactions, Liz. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, and um, I think you know. I think we should all check some out this week and maybe report back on our findings. <laughs> maybe the lab rats. Yeah. Maybe could could the lab rats look into sleep whispering? Oh, totally. Yeah, we can look into it. Yeah. Um, Monica? I'm writing it down. Okay. Test, test out a few of these videos. Let us know whether they made you tingle or not, and then report back on your findings. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, that is, wow, quite a... 
quite a roller coaster of a show today. We, we covered. We went a- everywhere. <laughs> we went everywhere today, Liz. That's you know, and that's what we do, Julie. You know, that's why there are so many of us. People have different interests. Leanne is off doing goodness knows what today, but you and Leanne do a show every Tuesday now. And I know that you would you had said we had Jan who posted on the Facebook group that she wanted some advice for friends who were moving to Russia, and so you're going to address that on the Tuesday show. Yes, well, I'm working up a list right now. Mm-hmm. All right. And speaking of Lady Mary, your your finale uh, episode of Downton Gabby was was very very entertaining. It was. Thank you, Liz. It was. I. It's. There is a like a void in our life now that uh, Downton Abbey is over. But we're going to find another show. Leanne says we're going to find it organically. That's. Uh-huh. I don't know exactly what that means, but she feels that when there a show will speak to us, and then we'll start speaking about that show. Okay, that's the way it should work. You know, but then on top of that, everyone should watch Cosmos next Sunday on the National Geographic Ooh. Channel. <laughs> okay. 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 Just, you know, it's maybe, it may not be organic because I'm telling you to do it, but it's going to be worth your time. <laughs> and Ju- and Julie, if you know when nonstop is coming out in video, just let us know. <laughs> I will, Sheila. I'm Sheila, sorry. are you just not going to theaters anymore? Don't you want well, to see Liam Neeson on the big screen? I would say Liam Neeson gives me the tingles. I think that's all we need to know right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we are the Satellite Sisters. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Sat Sisters. So check us out there. We have hundreds of shows posted at iTunes. So if you subscribe there, you can listen to our new shows and go into our complete archive. And if you want to help the sisters, it would be great if you could review us on iTunes or if you listen on Stitcher. It's helpful if you give us a rating and a thumbs up on Stitcher. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoy uh, tonight's Oscars. Uh, sisters, enjoy. Anyone have any special Oscar snacks that you've got lined up? Sheila, I know, not you, but... Oh, I'm going to my friend's house, and I'm making a, an avocado dip. Not guacamole. Oh. An avocado dip oh. with, with crudités. Mm. Oh, very nice. Okay, well, um, enjoy the Oscars. Enjoy tomorrow's fashion police. Enjoy the week. Uh, and don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>